Okay, Besiyat Yitzhishmaya. We're in Daf Kafala from an Aleph at the top. And we have a lot of stories today. A lot of stories. Okay, so we'll go like this. Rabbi Yochanan, uh, so the Gemara says as follows. Ilfa, Rabbi Yochanan, have a garse, but oraita. So Ilfa and Rabbi Yochanan. Ilfa was an Amora. You'll see he's not as well known as Rabbi Yochanan in the Gemara. And that's actually part of what the story is about. Uh, they were learning Torah. We'll see it's relevant to the discussion about like the, uh, the rickety houses. You'll see how it's relevant. The, uh, it's a euphemism for saying that like, the, the matter was pressing on them a lot. It means they were very poor. They, they're having a really hard time. They're going to make a living. And they, they were poor. So they said, let's get up and we'll, uh, we'll go and we'll, uh, we'll do some business. And we'll fulfill about ourselves the Pasuk, that there will not be any poor people among you. The idea is like, let's make sure that we're not poor. Right? Let's try to fulfill that, that Pasuk. So, so they went along and they were sitting under some uh, rickety wall. They were breaking bread, having a meal. So, you know, as the stories go, two uh, angels came along. Uh, and Rabbi Yochanan heard that one of the angels said to his fellow, Let's throw this wall on top of these two guys and kill them. Because they're abandoning uh, the life of the world to come, and they're dealing in uh, temporary life. They're abandoning Torah study in favor of uh, you know, making a living in this world. And again, the idea being, it's interesting, I think, that so the Malachi Ashari would say, like, we can utilize, like, a quote-unquote natural means to kill them. That doesn't have to be, like, a miraculous thing. Their wall is already rickety, so this is an opportunity to bring them to their demise. Amr le'idach, the other angel said to the, the first one, Shavkinu, leave him alone. Because there's one among them who the hour is still standing, meaning he still has uh, what to live for, and uh, they don't both, they don't deserve death. So let's, let's let them live, and we'll, and we'll move along. Now, the Gemara tells us that Rabbi Yochanan shama, Ilfa lo shama. Rabbi Yochanan heard this discussion, and Ilfa did not hear it. So, Amalei Rabbi Yochanan Ilfa shama, Mar Midi. So, Rabbi Yochanan said to Ilfa, has the master heard something? Like, did you hear anything? Amalei lo. He says, no. Right, this is sort of like, you know, like the classic, you know, dialogue, you know, in a movie when you have, like, you're hearing voices. Did you hear that? He's like, I don't hear anything. Right? So, uh, so he says, Amalei lo. So, Amar, so, Amar, so uh, Rabbi Yochanan said to himself, Midi shame ana ve'ilfa lo shama. From the fact that I can hear it, and Ilfa can't hear it, must be that I'm the one who's supposed to, like, you know, still, you know, have uh, have time to to live and to accomplish something. So uh, I gotta make I gotta make the most of this situation that my life was basically spared. So Amr Le Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said to him, I'm gonna go back and accept and and and, and uh, fulfill about myself a different puzzle, which is Kilo Yechdal of Yom Mikarav Aretz. The puzzle says also that there will not cease to be a poor person in the land. I mean, you can never completely get rid of poverty. Rabbi Yochanan says, you know what? Okay, so if you can't get rid of poverty, I'll be the poor one, and at least I'll be learning uh, Torah. That's the most he took from the from the, from the words of the uh, Malachim. So what happens is, Rabbi Yochanan hadar, Ilfa lo hadar. So Rabbi Yochanan, in fact, returned to the Beit Midrash, and Ilfa did not. Ato, ato Ilfa, by the time Ilfa got back, I guess Ilfa like, got back on his feet financially, and then, you know, came back to learn. By the time he came back, Malich Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan was already, like, uh, ruling. I mean, he was already the Rosh Hashiva. He was uh, financially doing well because, you know, people take care of the Rosh Hashiva. So he was doing fine. So Amr lo, they said to him, mar bigaris lo malich mar. They said to Ilfa, you know, Ilfa, if, uh, if you hadn't, uh, had, if you had just uh, sat down and learned, uh, you know, uh, Rabbi Yochanan wouldn't have been the Rosh Hashiva, it would have been you. 
You know, it could have been you, but that's, you know, that's how it goes. So, uh, anyhow, so Ilfa's feeling, you know, been teased a little bit here. So, Azal Talanavshay Askaria Desvinta. He went and he tied himself to the mast of a boat. Okay. Omar, he says, follows. I guess he was like, you know, people were like talking smack to him. So he said, If anybody can ask me a question from the teachings of Rabbi and Rabbi Yoshaya, and I can't respond from a Mishnah, um, I'll fall off this mass, which really means I will cast myself off the mass, and I will drown in the, in the sea. Okay, that's the challenge. Okay? So you think that's just like a sign of uh, force, but... Someone actually talked to him. <laughs> so Atahuk uh, Saban, oh, a certain elderly man, came to him, Tanale, and taught him the following thing. Haomer tenu shekel libanai bishabbat ve'en ru'yin sela. So if a person uh, says about his children, give my children a shekel for a week, meaning when I leave and I die, I guess, you know, uh, uh, supply them with one shekel per week, uh, but they're really suitable to get a sela, which is two shekels, uh, so the halacha is no tinim lahem sela. Give him a give him a sela because what he, it, it sounds like what he's saying is provide for my sons. If providing for them really uh, would be possible with two, with, with a sela, which is, again, which is two two shekels, so better they give them two shekels. But vimamar al titu lahem ela shekel. But if he said only give them one shekel, then ain't no tinim lahem ela shekel. They only give him a shekel. On the other hand, imamar meitu. If you said, if my sons die, let other people inherit them in their place, then whether he says, give it to them or don't give it to them, in either language, you only give one shekel. So, uh, so, so he says to him, who is this? Who is, it? Who is this? So now I guess he'll for response. Rabbi Meir, he, this is uh, Rabbi Meir, to Amar Mitzvah Lakayim Divrei Hamet, who said, Rabbi Meir has this principle, it's a mitzvah to fulfill the words of somebody who died. So if the person gives us like tzavah, this, you know, uh, this instruction before he died, you have to fulfill the instructions and do what he said. Okay, so that's Ilfa showing that despite the fact that he had gone to us to, uh, to earn a living and abandon Torah study, he still had uh, a great knowledge of Torah, but he never gains the renown that Rabbi Yochanan gained. Okay, that's how it goes sometimes. Okay, now we have a story about a famous uh, person named Nachum Ishgamzu. Amru alav al Nachum Ishgamzu shahaya. They said about the following Nachum Ishgamzu. We'll see. We'll see about Nachum Ishgamzu. But what Nachum? Anybody know who Nachum Ishgamzu known for? You know what he does? So he always says Gamzu Latova. This is also for the best. That's what he says. Okay, he was okay. So it says like this: Nachum Ishgamzu. They said about him as follows: Shaya Suma Mishteinav. He's really like a sad predicament. He was blind in both eyes. Gide Mishteyadav. He had, both his hands were amputated. Raglav. Both his feet were amputated. And his whole body was full of uh, boils. And he, used to, he was uh, stuck in a rickety house. And they used to put the, the, the legs of his bed in these uh, 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 buckets of water so that uh, ants wouldn't like, climb up the bedpost and crawl all over him because he had no way to... Like, Get rid of them because he, you know, he was everything was amputated. So they had put him in water. So I guess the ants wouldn't be in water. Okay, that, that's this, that, that's that's not how much gamzu exists. Okay, he's stuck in a bed basically in a rickety house, no arms, no legs, and he's got boils all over him, and he's just like miserable. Yeah. So uh, okay. So what did it say? So one time his uh, bed was in this like rickety house. So they wanted to get him out of this house. So the Talmudim said, let's get your bed out of there, and then we'll get all the, uh, the furniture and the vessels out of the, uh, the house. 
my sons, I have a different instruction for you. The order is messed up. First you should take out all the vessels, and then the last thing you do is take my bed out. Why? Because I can promise you, right, they're worried that the house is going to collapse on them, so he says, I, I promise you, as long as I'm in the house, the house won't fall down. Because my merit, right? I'm going to great merit. So they, they took all the vessels out, they took him out, and then the house collapsed. Okay, so they said, Amrlo Tamidav. So the students said, We're very confused now. Since you're obviously such a righteous person, right? Like in your merit, the house, you know, like remains uh, up. And only once you leave the house, the house collapses. So why is your life so miserable? Like, you seem to have been suffering so much, but you have all this merit, so why hasn't your merit sort of, you know, helped you in the physical way as well? So So now it's a story within the story. So he says to him as follows, I caused it to myself. Why? <coughs> Once I was traveling to my father-in-law's house, I had uh, uh, loads of three, can- three donkeys of, uh, loaded up. Okay? So that's a lot of stuff. One was uh, food, one was drink, and one was uh, delicacies. A certain poor person approached me on the road. Now, Marley, Rebbe, pardon the same. He said, Rebbe, uh, uh, sustain me. You know, give, me some, give me some food, something, you know. Amarty Law, I said to him, Wait until I get unload the donkeys. After I unload the donkeys, I'll help you out. One second. I think uh, it's even worse than that. I think it's even, uh, I think it means, no, I think it means unload. Okay, so I, I didn't have a chance to even do it until he died. His soul departed. So halachti even I fell to Panav. So I I went and I fell on, on his face. Vamarti and I said as follows: Einai shelochasu alenecha. My eyes that didn't have mercy on your eyes, Yasumu should become blind. Yadai shelochasu aliyadecha. My hands that didn't have mercy on your hands, Yidkadmu should be cut off. Raglai shelochasu aliyadecha. My feet that didn't have mercy on your feet, Yidkatu should also be cut off. The lonit karadaiti and my and my mind wasn't like settled. Adshi amarti till I said, Kol gufi yameleishchin and my whole body should be full of boils. Okay, so he's like, okay, so he said, I brought it myself. I mean, it's this event, right, that uh, I felt so horrible about. You know, I, I hesitated to help this person. So, okay. said to him, Oy, lanu They said, uh, woe to us that we see you like this. Like, it's terrible. Like, it's true. Like, maybe you're saying it, you brought it by yourself, but like, it's a horrible thing that we have to see this. Says, oh, but woe to me if you didn't. I mean, it's all fit. It's all bad. It's all good. Like, it's better that you see me this way. So why they call him Nachum Ish Gamzu? The Komilta, the Havasalgale, because whatever would happen to him, Amar Gamzu Latova. He would say, this is also for the best. Okay, he was able to brush off everything, Gamzu Latova, this is all for the best. Okay, so here's another story about Nachum Ish Gamzu. So one time, the, the Jewish community wanted to send a gift to the Caesar, to the emperor. Amru man Yezel, they said, who should go? Yezel nachum ishgamzu, they said nachum ishgamzu should go. I mean, they want to bring, they bring a gift that's obviously a bribe, right? It's a bit of a bribe, the idea is to like, you know, to make good so that he won't really hurt the Jewish community. So they should send nachum ishgamzu to miluma b'nisin, because he's somebody who has experienced his miracles, and maybe like he'll, you know, we'll have a, we'll have a good solution to this, uh, or resolution to this difficulty. Uh, so shadru biyadeh malay sifta tevalim tovot margaliot. They sent him with a uh, box full of avanim tovot, of jewels, umargaliot and pearls. Also, so he went, He went and say, stayed in a particular, I don't know, like apartment or inn at night. 
Kamu Hanaf the Yorai, Vishakvinu le Sifta, Umalunhu Afra. These, uh, these uh, like the, the innkeepers there, they, uh, they took his box, and they, meaning they took all the jewels, and they filled it up with dirt, so he wouldn't notice the difference in the weight of the box. The next day, uh, I get this is in parentheses, but uh, I'm not sure it's part of the story or not. But he's saying when he saw it, he, he said Gamzilutov, but it's okay. Anyhow, Kimata Hadam, when he got to the to the emperor, Sharinu Lisifta, they opened up the box, Chazanu Dumalu Afra, they said it's full of dirt. So this is very rude, you know. The Jew comes, he's a representative of the Jewish community, he brings a box to the emperor, and it's full of dirt. Ba Malka Lemiktalinu, Lakulus, the king wanted to kill them all. Like, they'll just go wipe out the whole Jewish community. Amar Kamachai Chubi Yudai, he says, the Jews are, are laughing at me, they're, they're making fun of me. Amar Gamzulatova, so Nachum Gamzulatova says, ah, it's Gamzulatova, it's okay, I guess he said to himself, Gamzulatova. So what? Anyhow, Ata Eliyahu, so Eliyahu came along, Ad Milekachad Minav, he appeared as one of them, meaning one of the emperor's men. Amr lay, and he said to the emperor, Dilma ha'afra me'afra de Avram avonhu. Maybe this dirt is from the dirt of their forefather Avram. The ki avashadei avra havusaifei. That when he would throw the dirt, it would actually turn into swords. Gilei, when he threw the straw, havugire, it would turn into arrows. And that's how Avram uh, won this battle. Dichtiv yitain ke'afar charbo ke'kashti dav kashto. Okay, that like uh, his his like the dirt will be like uh, swords, like this, right? The uh, the uh, his keshet, his bow will be like uh, like a uh, straw. So okay. So have yachada bedin to delomatu lemichbasha. There was one uh, area, one province that they were having very uh, trouble uh, conquering. Bad they tested it out. They brought this dirt out to the battlefield. I guess they started throwing the dirt and it's all swords and whatever. And what then happened was Vikipshua and they were successfully able to conquer this area. So Ailu Lebeganze. So now Nachamishganze is not just uh, like a lowlife, he is a hero. Right? He brought them this famous, this uh, wonderful, magical dirt that helped them uh, win the battle. So they brought him into their storehouse. So they brought, they brought that, they filled up the box full of jewels and pearls. So right, that's where he ended up in English. Vishadru Biakra Rabin. They sent him off with great uh, Yakra means Kavod, great honor. Kiatu, when he got to, I'm sorry, Kiatu Beitu Bahaudiura. When he was traveling, he got back to the same inn. I don't know why he went back to the same inn. You'd think, like, why would you do that? Amrulay, they said to him, My Aitat Bahadach to Abdullah Yakra Kulei. They said, What did you bring that they ended up giving you all this honor? Like, they knew like what was going on, but they pretended they didn't know what was in the, you know, what was in the box in the first place. Amalahu, he said to them, very uh, cryptically, My dishakli mehacha amtiladim. He said, What I brought from here, that's what I brought over there. What I took from here, I brought over there. So again, so he, he's being like cryptic, right? So but it, it's in a way that it can, say, it can sound like he, he thinks, it can sound like he thinks the same jewels that he had in the thing is what he brought over there. They don't know the difference. So Satru Lidurayu, but they realized that they, he brought the dirt. So they knocked down their whole building. And they basically brought like all the dirt and you know rubble from their building to the emperor. They figured like now we're going to get rich off this because if our dirt is so uh, wonderful that the, the emperor was so happy about it, if we bring him even more, he'll be even happier with us. So Amr Lady said back to them, "Hi, Afra, Daiti, Hacha, Mididanu." So they said to the emperor, "This uh, dirt that this guy brought, it came from our house. Like this is where it is." But Kua Veloashkachua, they checked it out and it does not. They did not find that it was. Uh, that it was uh, magical at all. And they killed off these uh, innkeepers uh, for, their, you know, for their rudeness. You know,
Okay, that's a wild story. Malcolm Ishkamsi. Okay, we do a couple more lines just to wrap up the Yemen. Uh, but it's a lot of good stories. Ezo uh, Dever, so we said, what's Dever? What's plague? Irham Musiah Hameshmo Ragli, Vichule. So, Tanner Rabbana Milunda Brighta, Irham Musiah Hameshmo Elif Ragli, Hameshmo Vichulai Ragli. So, a city that has 500 or 1,000 foot soldiers, Kigon Kfar Akko, like Kfar Akko, Yasumi Mena Tisha Metim Beshayamim, and you have nine dead in three days. Zeacharzeh, three days in a row. Harezeh Dever, that's plague. But Yom Echalab Arba Yamim, Enzeh Dever. But if it's only one day, or if it's over four days, that's not Dever. Okay, so it can't be nine people in one day, and it can't be nine people over the course of four days. It's nine, nine dead over three days. And a city that uh, has 500 foot soldiers, like Far Miku, has three uh, dead in three days. That's Dever. Uh, but again, one day or four days is not considered to be Dever. Okay, there's nothing to say about that, but we will pause here and continue tomorrow.